Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the third episode of the Golf Strong Podcast. We're already on episode three. It's very exciting. Got to start somewhere, and this is where we are. I am Dr. Jackson Taylor, joined today by my esteemed colleague and fellow Bostonian, Dr. Tim Rivoto. Timbo, what's going on? Nothing. We're out of the dark ages here in Boston. Finally got some sun. We've had a lot of rain. A lot of rain. I'm not going to tell you how beautiful it's been here for the last six days. <laughs> North Florida, man, it's it's a great place. It's a great place. Oh, jealous, jealous. How have you hey, been? Hey. All's good, man. Uh, watching the Open today, for anyone that has not seen it, Phil Mickelson is 10 over, and I'm Eesh. dead last. Was it dead last? Um, it has to be. Has to. He yeah. shot 80 today. That's brutal. Oh, it's bad news. Bad news. Bryson throwing a hissy fit about his driver. It was just the juiciest day. Spieth looking like a stud again. Like the whole day was just everything about it was good. Of course, you know, the things you can count on are taxes dying and Louie being in the top couple of people in a major, which is insanity. Uh, I don't trust his putting on Sunday, but that's a, that's a different topic entirely. So it's a beautiful thing. Gotta love the Open Championship. It is a beautiful thing. I hope you didn't take my Hoffman pick because I think he's too over. But uh, oh no, plenty. no, no, no. Good, good, good. No, I'm I'm right now solid except for Patrick Cantlay. I'm gonna need him need- to ball out. I think he's three over right now. Okay, well you get two over, so I need him to really put it in tomorrow because all of my other guys are balling out. Beautiful. Yeah, I need Justin Thomas to play well tomorrow too. So. Oh, did you, did you have Reed in there too? He was he Patrick was just Reed. so he's he was just in- over par. He's just over. Uh, they're they're all in the mix. They're all in the mix, and I just yeah. need to get them to Saturday. Once they can get to Saturday, Sunday, it'll it'll work itself out. Um, but anyways, when this comes out, well, I already know the winner, so it doesn't it's doesn't true. really matter. So, uh, Tim, what fun do we have to talk about today? We are talking. I think a a hot button topic in golf and in uh, the fitness and training world. In general, uh, mobility, flexibility, and all things associated with those two. What do they mean? What do they mean? I had a nickel for every time someone said, I just, I need to be more flexible. I'm just not flexible <laughs> enough. I'm so damn tight. What does that all mean? I had, so, so, <laughs> I, I had someone chirp me on Facebook actually uh, yesterday. I, I just threw, I threw a feeler out there to a uh, golf group and was like, hey, does anyone like, practice moving their body and some dude chirped me for lifting weights he's like dude all you need to be is flexible that's all you need man (laughs) (laughs) 32 handicap later exactly (laughs) and everything is just wrong oh Uh, gosh yeah we'll get it we'll get into all that but yeah so we're gonna uh we're gonna get into the hot button topic that is mobility and flexibility in the golf industry it is probably one of the most used buzzwords it's very misunderstood there's a lot of misconceptions about it and honestly like tim just said most people think that's all you need i'm flexible i can i have enough rotation to hit the golf ball i don't need to do anything else and that ain't quite true it's not necessarily completely wrong nuance Ooh, what a big word big word so i think that was a record what have we been like four minutes and i've already used the word nuance <laughs> that's deep <laughs> deep that's deep 
It's deep. So we're going to talk a little bit first about uh, some definitions. We're going to talk about, you know, what is mobility and what is flexibility? Why are they different and what you need to know? Uh, we're going to get into misconceptions, things that people think that are just completely out in the field, how much mobility you need for your golf swing and, you know, how to add good mobility into your training. What does that look like? How do you put that? How is, what's the practical application of that? So uh, let's get into this. So Tim, let's, uh, Let's rattle off. What is flexibility first? What is it? What is flexibility? Let's just start with that. Yeah. So flexibility, if we're talking uh, about the body, flexibility is going to be your total available range of motion, how far you can move a body part um, or a body part can move, not necessarily you moving it. So that's, you know, you're flexible if, uh, if someone can move your, arm or your leg to whatever point it goes just how far that thing is going to move whether you're doing it or someone else is doing it so in the pt world we would call it passive range of motion um i literally just had a seminar i taught about this topic and one of the examples i used was uh somebody during surgery they're under anesthesia and they take your leg and they just fold it flat on you you essentially have the flexibility of sorts to get to that point. You're, you don't have anything. Think of it like your muscles. A lot of times when we think of something being stiff, we think of a muscle that's not moving. It's shortened. It's a shortened muscle. That's not necessarily flexibility, right? It's there's, there's a lot of stuff involved, which we'll talk about shortly, but it's just the passive ability of a joint or a muscle to go. Your hamstring has enough passive motion. I can push it down. So that begs the question, what's mobility? Mm. And why do we have to have two separate names for things? <laughs> deep, deep, deep. So if we're just staying super simple, mm -hmm. mobility is just your ability to move through range of motion. That's it. I don't think we have to get any more complex or deeper than that. How far can you move? That's the end of the podcast. Anything else? else? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've learned all you need to learn. Yeah, no. That's so it. mobility, you could consider at least this is the way that I look at it. Maybe other clinicians don't. Maybe even you don't. I think of flexibility as your passive range. Essentially, it's the passive ability of a muscle to elongate. And I think of mobility as your active ability to put a joint from point A to point B, whatever that ends up being. It's your control of the position. Uh, it's saying, you know, so for a lot. So for a good example for people, especially if you're not watching this on YouTube and you can't see it. If you were to lay on your back and keep your leg dead straight and pull it up and somebody were to push it, that's your passive range where you're not doing it yourself. Now, if you do it on your own, most of the time you're going to notice that it's 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 degrees less. You can't get it to that range. So that's not saying that your hamstring isn't flexible enough, but you don't have enough mobility or control of that motion to get it there on your own. Tim, is, would that be how you would explain that to somebody? That's how I would give it to people. Yeah, that's that's exactly the example I always use. You know, you do a partner partner hamstring stretch. That's how flexible you are. Now, can you lift that leg the same amount? Yes. Okay. Good. You got full mobility. No. Okay. So you've got the flexibility, but you need to work right. on your mobility. Yep. Which is the truth. So, quick recap of that: flexibility is the passive ability of something to move. It's just your ability, a, a muscle's ability to elongate passively. And mobility is the active ability to put 
a joint in a position, whether that's your hamstring, your shoulder, whatever. So now let's talk about how this gets completely bastardized and destroyed in the world of fitness. So let's go through some misconceptions um, because this is probably what we see the most is static stretching is most important and I just need to be flexible and that's all there is to it. So number one, biggest or another, or a big misconception, static stretching, static stretching is the best way to get more mobile. So static stretching being holding a position. So if I'm reaching down to touch my toes and I just stay there and try to touch my toes, most people think that that's going to make them more mobile. And the answer to that is not quite true. So Tim, what would, <laughs> why is that so bad? Oh man, where do we start? <laughs> this is, this is going to go a lot. I don't know how this, if this is going to follow our points of topic, I think we're going to go everywhere. So let's just go. Yeah. Let's just float along and see where, see where we ride. That's right. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely the number one thing I hear from people when they say I need to be more mobile. I say, okay, so what do you think is going to help you achieve that? They say, oh, I just got to stretch more. And that's fair. Um, but we know a, we just kind of defined that mobility is your ability to move actively through some range of motion. Right? So if you're just hanging down there, trying to touch your toes, letting gravity do its thing and you're not moving and you're not, you know, actively participating in that, it's not, it, it might help kind of take down a little tension in your tissues, you know, and might help you maybe tolerate that position a little bit more it's not going to do much as far as actually changing your muscle and making it longer. It's not going to do much for changing your tissues and really, um, and it's definitely not going to help you actively move and use that range of motion. Any, anything to add or, uh, yeah, add I or? mean the, the biggest things there to consider is that passive motion doesn't require your brain. Your brain doesn't have to do anything when someone is statically stretching or you're statically reaching for your toes or statically rotating. When you do something actively, your brain is having to create that motion, which means a couple of things. First thing being is that I tell people a lot, if you can touch your toes, awesome. But can you pick up 50 pounds when you reach down to your toes? You know, are, can you get there on your own? Are you able to be strong in that position? Because it's all good and well if you have flexibility and you can touch your toes or do whatever stretch. But if you have no strength throughout that motion, if it's not an active participation, if your brain isn't having to adapt and create force throughout the motion, that actually can become a problem. That's where we see more injury likely to pop up. Not necessarily going to, but if your tissues aren't strong through a range of motion, that's going to be an issue. So that's something to consider is that just because you have all this flexibility or you want to work on it, that doesn't mean that you're strong. And if you're not strong in that motion, your chances of getting hurt are, are probably going up. Right. That would be my biggest takeaway there. No, totally. I think that, that kind of takes us nicely into another misconception. If we're, um, if we're talking about injury, some people will say, you know, oh, I have a bad back, so I've got to stretch and that's going to help, you know, prevent that this pain from happening in the future. It's going to stop me from getting injured. And the example I always use, I have a lot of these people uh, when I used to work in the clinic. Have you ever met someone that does a lot of yoga, but that's all that they do? 
right? So they have a ton of flexibility. Oh, yeah. Some of these people have chronic pain. Like they've had pain for five yeah. or 10 years and it's not getting any better. It's not getting any worse. They do their yoga religiously and, you know, they, they still have hip pain or they still have back pain or um, what have you. So I don't know what, any thoughts on what's, what's going on there? <laughs> the pain, the pain conversation, this could go a long, long way, but uh, he makes a good point. So when we're talking about, you know, the more mobile you are, the less pain you're going to have, or because I'm tight, I have pain. Tim and I say this once a day to somebody or during the week is that tightness, stiffness, weakness, etc., does not equate pain. Tissue damage doesn't equal pain. Tissue stiffness doesn't equal pain. Plenty of us have stiff spots in different places. Yeah, if I lay on my back and you stretch my hamstring, it, you know, it might feel tight. But that doesn't mean I'm going to have pain because of it. Pain is very complex, and we're going to have to devote an entire podcast to just talking about pain and the science of pain and what that looks like. And that'll be a totally different topic. But you're right. We think that, well, if I work on stretching, my pain will go away. And like Tim just alluded to, so why do yogis have pain? Because they have as much range of motion as anybody. You could also make the same argument for people that are super strong like your power sure. lifters, your Olympic lifters, they are at their core is as strong as core gets. So how on earth do they have back pain? It's not because their back is stiff. A lot of them are super mobile, but they're super strong, but they still have pain. So it's important to understand the misconception that if you're tight, you're going to have pain. That's not necessarily the truth. Could it contribute? Of course, any kind of tension is going to contribute. Not sleeping is going to contribute, but it's not going to be the be all end all. And just by stretching, you're not going to get rid of that pain, nor are you going to get better on the golf course. That's another misconception that I hear a lot is the more I stretch, the better golf I'm going to play. Again, let's go back to mobility versus flexibility. If you have the flexibility to get into the positions of the golf swing, but you have no strength in those positions, you have no power in those positions, all you're doing is setting yourself up for mostly failure, especially if you can't control those positions. You have a motor pattern that you have, which is your swing. And all of a sudden you have this range of motion that has no strength and you're swinging a club at hundred miles an hour repetitively. It doesn't make any sense that that's actually gonna benefit you. Right, and I know we've talked about, you know, every even within the same person, every golf swing isn't going to be a hundred percent the same, right? There's going to be a little bit of wiggle room here and there. It's going to be a little different, Absolutely. but imagine if you have all of this flexibility, you don't have a lot of strength, that kind of window of potential variability in your swing just got a lot bigger. So, yeah. you know, you could potentially on one swing be way in one position and then on the next swing because you just don't have any strength or control over your your limbs or your your body you might be in a totally different position and it's really looking like two different swings versus right. one swing with small variation here and there absolutely and that's the truth the more available movement you have the body's gonna play with that a little bit and again a lot of people will still stick to their same motor pattern so in the swing we we will see a little bit of that but the issue really comes to the, the strength side of that. So one of the other misconceptions is I only need to stretch. I don't need to get strong. You know, we kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. That couldn't be further from the truth. Just because a tissue is flexible does not mean it is strong. And when you're talking about the repetition of a golf swing and constantly swinging and hitting, those tissues are undergoing load all the time. 
And so if it's only flexible and all you're doing is stretch, 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 and there's no strength there, that tissue's tolerance to load is lower than someone who is strong, albeit someone who might be strong and inflexible. They might have a very short swing. They might not be able to, I mean, I know Ram the other day had a little bit of a conversation about his differences in his swing that he's had to make because of physical changes. Some of that got blown out of proportion in a lot of ways, like the leg length discrepancy thing. And I saw people going crazy about that and that was foolish at best. But nonetheless, he does have things that are different about him that he had to adapt to. And so if you are a strong guy and albeit you might not have the most motion, your body is able to handle the stresses of the swing more effectively than someone who's just flexible. In fact, I would, this would be my argument. The more mobile or flexible, I'm not going to say mobile, the more flexible you are and weak, the more likely you are to damage yourself than someone who is very strong and has no mobility or even someone who's just stiff. Mm Because if you're just stiff, your swing might not have a lot of motion. You still might have issues, but if you're super flexible with no strength and you're having to attenuate those forces that are big and long, your tissues are going through a higher level of force and are thus more likely to get injured. Would you kind of agree with that line of thought? Yeah. I mean, I'd I'd think of it almost as bowling with bumpers, right? If you're stiff, you kind of are bowling with bumpers where, yeah, you might throw it a little bit off, off track, but it's going to steer you in the right direction. Whereas if you don't have any bumpers on either end, I mean, you could throw 10 gutter balls in a row, uh, you know, and you just don't have much, much control in you. So hundred percent agree. Bowling analogy. Watching a lot of of PBA lately. It's been on ESPN too. (laughs) Pete Weber. I am. <laughs> For anyone who's not seen that, I wish we're gonna get good at this whole podcast thing where we can just pull that up and show everybody that video because it's it's the greatest thing ever. Oh, it's the best celebration. What's he say? In like, in who's the, the best or who's the man? I am or something like yeah. that. Who is? I am. Who is? <laughs> oh my gosh, oh, that's, that's fantastic. But that is a good example. That gives you a good idea of what that looks like, what that means, you know, with the golf swing. We want you to have enough mobility or flexibility for that. We want you to have your tissues to have good length. We don't want them to be super stiff, so to speak. Um, but you need to have control of it. That's way more important than anything else is your ability to control the motion and handle the forces that go through the golf swing. hundred percent. So let's, I think that covers most of the misconceptions. The, the only last one I can think of is that most people think that if something is tight, it is short, which we, somewhat alluded to, but when you have a tight muscle, if you're like, ah, my hamstring's tight, a lot of people think that the muscle has itself shortened, but there's a lot of reasons why we feel tightness. The number one being what we would call tone, which is basically the muscular contraction that's always present in a muscle throughout the body. And the brain is producing that. If we didn't have tone, we would fall over because our muscles wouldn't be doing anything. So most of the time, that's why if you go to a PT or on your own, you do some stretching and you do it for five minutes you get more range of motion. That tone has decreased. It's just like if you massage something, all of a sudden you have more range of motion. The tone in that muscle, it's relaxed. Or the muscle itself is just chilling out a little bit, right? That's all that is. You still had that prior to. That's why when we put somebody under anesthesia, all of a sudden everything works. The brain doesn't really have to do anything. You can fold that leg on top of somebody or whatever it ends up being. So that's an important thing that I want you guys to know and understand is that just because something is tight does not mean it is short and thus it needs to be stretched to death. 
you know, very rarely do we see some kind of real contracture of a muscle outside of, you know, someone's been in a cast way too long or some kind of neurological change. You've had a stroke, you've had a traumatic brain injury, and you actually have a muscle that won't extend. And that takes a, that's a different protocol entirely for most of our golfers, not the case. Yeah. A couple of, one of my favorite studies is, uh, I forget who did it, but they put people in casts like elbow casts and just casted them right. with their elbow bent like 90 degrees. That's right. Yeah. And so they did it for, I think 12 weeks. And then within six weeks after they took the cast off, they didn't do anything. They didn't stretch them. They didn't right. do anything. They just were like, use your arm as you normally would. Right. Went back to normal range of motion. Right, back to normal. So, you know, 12 weeks in a cast, three months in a cast, that's a pretty yeah. long time. You just start moving and things go back to For normal. Sure. So. For sure. And scar tissue plays a role in some of that post-injury sure. and, and things like that. But as a whole, all the people that we're talking to right now, your muscles aren't short. Yes. Agreed. And uh, just to bring up one one other study, because I love this one. There's a lady over in the Netherlands, Marie Maltebach. She does a lot of good stretching research. Yeah, yeah. She had people stretch for six months. Okay. Six months every single day. They did four rounds of 60 seconds. So, and they did two months, they did their hip flexors and their calves, right? So they're doing like okay. eight minutes of stretching, eight or 10 minutes of stretching a day for six months every day. Right. And their muscles didn't change length. Well, they say, I mean, as far as I understand it, for a muscle to change length, it needs about 30 minutes of accumulated time under stretch per day yeah. to change some pretty nominal, nominal, nominal amount. Am I yeah. correct? I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where a stretch has to be is like you have to spend time stretching 30 minutes a day to get a little. Yeah. And ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Nobody's got time for that. No, no, I'm not. I'm not about so. to sit there and do that again. All that we're doing when we're stretching is decreasing some of that tone. And if it helps you feel better, awesome, but it shouldn't be your priority, which we'll, we'll kind of talk about here in a little bit. Yep. Not to break from this, but naturally have to shout out black rifle coffee company for supplying my, fuel right now again we have no sponsorship from them but they just make <laughs> badass coffee and for anyone who checked my instagram this weekend i know tim did and he appreciated that beautiful polo i was wearing thing was i got very i've nice. never had more love for a polo in my life so <laughs> shout out to bad birdie golf for making the most loud polos in the world they Everyone ain't cheap it. don't get me no. wrong but, no, but it, it looks damn I've never good. Had more, oh, dude, <laughs> my, my buddy and I were getting more compliments all day than, than anything. Everybody we saw, that's a great shirt. That's a good looking polo. You're like you just feel good. Like instantly I'm shaving three strokes off my game right there. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I add them later on, but that's, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. If y'all are looking for something cool though, I totally appreciate giant floral golf shirts. And if you need some coffee, black rifle all day, every day, no problem. And if you get the reference I just made, anybody watching this, you're awesome. <laughs> All right. So, Tim, let's get into, you know, how much mobility do we really need for the golf swing? You know, what is the, you know, we just talked about flexibility and just basically beat it with a stick. Now let's talk about, you know, really the application of, you know, how much mobility do you need to play the game of golf? Yeah. So, you know, we've got kind of four areas that we look at as far as, mobility goes in, in a golf swing. Right. And the first one I'd say that a lot of people may be familiar with is hip rotation. 
right? Mm -hmm. Particularly hip internal rotation. So the specifics of that aren't super important, but just think if you're a right-handed golfer and your backswing, you're going to turn to the right and that your, your right hip is going to rotate. And that's huge. It's more often than not stiff in people. And then similarly, when you go through your downswing and finish your swing, you're going moving forward, you're rotating left around your left leg, that hip's going to go into internal rotation. So if we look like TPI has done some research on this and they recommend 60 degrees of hip rotation, range of motion. That's a lot of motion. Like, I mean, that's a ton. I'd argue the average person internal rotation has no more than 15 degrees. Oh yeah. Or 20 degrees. 15, 20. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and I'm not sure what the exact norm on that is. I want to say it's like, if you can get like the actual within normal limits, which get me started on that is like 40 degrees, 35 degrees, 45 degrees. It's in that general range. Almost no one has that. Yeah. And in the golf swing, we don't get 45 degrees of internal rotation, especially if that lead foot, a lot of people lift it up that heel lifts. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting motion there. That's not necessarily involved personally. I don't put as much emphasis into hip internal rotation. Uh, you know, we'll work on it, but in terms of stretching that it's not exactly the easiest thing in the world to do. You know, there's maybe some capsular restriction, but in terms of flexibility of it, it's not like it just easily moves per se. And most of the time I just spend my time other places. I don't know about you, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll work on the ability to move, like to be able to actually rotate your hips. Right. I'm less concerned with how far you're rotating them. than can you stand and (laughs) rotate versus like move side to side, you know? Um, I mean, think about all the tissue you've got back there. You've got glutes, you've got like six little muscles that are going across your butt cheeks. Yeah. I mean, you got a Jamelli are saying no. <laughs> exactly. You've got a ton of stuff back there that's, that's limiting true. that movement. That's so I'm more concerned. Can you rotate your hips? Right. That's in both directions. I mean, external rotation mm-hmm. isn't a huge part of the golf swing, but just generally speaking in life. So think of external rotation for anyone who's listening to this is crossing your legs. Mm-hmm. So if you were to cross your leg over and kind of prop your ankle up on your other knee and you know, your knee kind of goes downwards, that would be considered external rotation. If you were to sit and keep your knee where it is and just move your foot out to the side, that would be considered internal rotation. That's a very simple version of it, but that's essentially what we're talking about. So let's move on to probably the one that gets the most chatter, which is thoracic rotation. So in terms of thoracic rotation, what we're talking about is the upper body rotator. So what is, what's that look like in terms of how much we need from there? Yeah. So again, TPI is recommending 90 degrees here in any rotary athlete. So golfer, tennis player, baseball player. And again, I think 90 is a lot, you know, like, I I mean, you might see like Dustin Johnson getting there because he's super flexible and you see him get way back there. But in, in your average person, I mean, I know myself, I can move about 60. So I, I mean, I think, yeah, I think 45 is probably a good place to aim for at least 45 degrees of being right. able to turn your upper back. Yeah, I 
in turn, and also depends on how you measure it and what that looks like. And, you know, for the most part, my assessment, which I do believe TPI kind of sticks with is have you sitting, have your knees together, cross your shoulders and rotate, put an X on the floor in front of you. If you can get to 45 degrees, I am stoked. Because a lot of people can't. If you can get to 45, you can complete the golf swing with, you can do it. Um, I think the average tour player is like 60 ish. Mm-hmm. You know, very few of them are the John Daly's of the world who look like they're 180 degrees wrapped yeah. around. He looks like an owl's head, like he's just fully wrapped. <laughs> um, but if you can get to 45 degrees, and again, if you're just sitting still, you know, cross your arms over, keep your knees together and rotate your upper body as far as you can, right and left. You know, can you get to 45 degrees? If you can, awesome. If you can't, that's something we want to work on. Um, and again, actively, not passively, actively can you get to that point not can someone rotate you to that point so thoracic rotation gets a if you're lacking that there is a lot of swing fault that can occur there people will extend their low back a lot more you're going to see people that just take smaller swings they're not going to have as much power Uh, there's a lot of swing fault that can occur in that and we are certainly not the experts in correcting swing fault but in terms of creating it if you're lacking some kind of motion that's going to be an issue And something we should mention, everyone's like, well, I only need to be able to rotate one direction. I disagree with that completely, Mm -hmm. right? You need to be able to rotate both directions, not for the sake of golf, but just for the sake of life. We're asymmetrical beings. We have nothing that is the exact same. Fingers, hands, eyes, nostrils, limbs. Everybody has one leg that's longer than the other. Everyone's femoral heads look different. We're not perfectly symmetrical. So, Yes, one way might be a little bit looser or tighter than the other, but you still need to work in both directions and be strong in in both directions, even though your golf swing is certainly in one direction. But that also helps level off some of the musculature in your body, ensuring that you're strong, et cetera. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I think that hits it perfectly. I think that takes us... uh... And it takes us in. Well, let's stay with let's stay with the spine then. So if we're talking, we're talking about the upper back rotating, yep. right? I think the next area we can talk about is your neck rotating, right? Which can be a little bit tricky as far as getting people to kind of realize how important this is, right? Because you're not. If you talk to anybody, they the first thing when they miss hit it, oh, I didn't keep my head down, right? <laughs> Everyone's so concerned about keeping their head still while they're right. while they're playing golf and we're telling we're going to tell you no you need to be able to turn your head and rotate your neck uh, uh in order to play effectively so what yeah. do you what do you see as far as neck uh how far you should be able to turn your turn your neck for the most part most people seem to be limited in the rotary aspect of it usually looking down we tend to be relatively okay it's when you add the rotation component so if you're thinking about yourself as a golfer and you are you, know, you step up to the ball Obviously, when you come down, you're looking down at the ball. As you get into your backswing, so I'm a right-handed golfer. At the top of my backswing, my chin, I am turned to the left, and my chin is down at the ground, right? Because I've now rotated my chest, and I'm looking at the ball still. So you need to have enough motion where you need to have enough. Let's, Let's go with this. Ideally, you should have enough motion to rotate your neck fully to the left so that you're looking over that shoulder and bring your chin down towards your clavicle. So if you can touch your chin to your clavicle and look to the left, you're in good shape. A lot of people cannot do that, especially as we talk about more older golfers. You know, they have limited, I mean, they got maybe 
15, 30 degrees of rotation left and right. And that's super low. So sometimes we have to adapt their swings a little bit just based on, you know, is their spine fused or is it not? And is it soft tissue limited? Whatever it ends up being. But you should ideally be able specifically to your lead arm, yep. rotate all the way to it and bring your chin down to your clavicle. That would be a quote unquote passing test. Now, does that mean that everyone reaches that? Absolutely not. You know, some people can, a lot of people can't. Is that going to screw your golf game? No, but it is something that you should think about working on because if you're able to keep your neck in that position, it also allows you to rotate a little further, a little bit further mm -hmm. rotation. We can create a little more power, et cetera, et cetera. But I think as a whole, a lot of people lack good cervical rotation, young and old for that matter. Totally. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And there, there isn't a little bit of an emphasis in being able to turn your head both ways. Yes. I think with like a modern golf coaching and swing coaching, it's not th the turning your head, I guess that would be then to the right. If you're a right-handed golfer right. isn't as important because you'll see guys like, um, uh, who's the guy, uh, Gankus, George Gankus. Yes. He show he shows a lot of, a lot of people like where he wants you actually looking in front of the ball as you're making contact, right? right? Yeah. Where the traditional golf swing kind of instruction was keep your head on the ball and then you're, you know, your shoulders are going to rotate. So you're basically going into the opposite direction of the top right. of the back swing, yeah. right? You're turning your right shoulders coming under your, under your chin. Under your chin. Um, right. But I mean, that's not as important because you're again, yeah, you're rotating your shoulders, but you're probably also moving your head a little bit as you're, as you're right. finishing your swing. So well, and it's actually, I know a lot of people have talked about it being detrimental to mm -hmm. try and leave your head there because then your body is trying to finish, but your neck's not letting it happen. Right. And that actually will result in less rotation through your backswing, which ends up being an issue because you're not finishing your swing the way you'd like to. So when people are hanging through and they just look and they're looking at the ball and their body's trying to rotate, you're not helping your cause because you actually can't finish the swing if your neck is staying in that spot. Exactly. You know, that, that, that plays a big role. So I, I definitely agree that that's a good point to make. Um, Last but not least, really the big one that we look at is shoulder external rotation. So that's the ability of your shoulder, I'll go this way, to go from here and rotate up. So for people that can't see this who are you know, listening, if you were to take your arm out to the side at 90 degrees and bend your elbow so your fingers are kind of facing the wall in front of you, can you rotate your arm back so that it is your hand is behind your head? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's typically what we look for is we would call it 90 degrees, but it's can you get to past your ear? If you can do that, you probably have enough. Um, think of this specifically with the rear arm in terms of when you get into your backswing and you're coming into your downswing, that club has to shallow. As that club shallows, the arm has to be able to what we would say externally rotate or the hand goes back and the elbow kind of stays tucked. So when we think about kind of coming down and the elbow stays tucked in the downswing, that is external rotation of the shoulder. So if people are lacking that, which... I would say passively, I can get most people to 90 degrees. Actively, maybe half, and then actively with good strength, mm -hmm. maybe less than 10%. Very few have really good strength in that position. Um, but that's really the last thing that we look at. So Tim, do you, do you find that that is something that's missing or is at least weak, a weak link in a lot of your golfers? 
Usually it's a weak link. Yeah. Or you'll see uh, some compensation kind of creep in there, right? So they'll get their arm kind of horizontal here. They'll be able to rotate up and then they'll hit a hit kind of the barrier and they'll try to start to move their arm backwards or they'll do something funky there. They'll, they'll put their wrist back. So that, that, strength in that end position where as as you said that's kind of where you're at the top of your backswing and then you're starting to you're in your transition where you're starting the downswing you want to be able to get that get that shoulder a little external so um yeah i find most people have it uh like you said and and it's the strength i'll I'll also look at it in the golf kind of posture right so yes some people you lay them on the table and you test it boom they can go you have them stand up, boom, they can go. And then sometimes you get them, kind of like give them a club, have them set up, and then take the club away and see if they can do it, kind of hinged over like that. And sometimes that's where the weakness uh, reveals itself. Right. Oh, lack of motor control is another thing to talk about there is they just don't have the ability to get there or create it. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that, uh, you know, all of you who especially play golf, hopefully they're listening to this, will understand is that as you come down into your backswing, one of the perks of that club shallowing is it naturally pulls your shoulder into external rotation. So if you're shallowing that club appropriately, as you come through that elbow, I'm going to use my elbow here is naturally coming down Mm -hmm. because if it chicken wings, you're actually fighting the club, but a lot of people chicken wing and they come over the top and off to the right, that ball goes or left for our lefties in the, in the audience. But um, so you're naturally getting a little bit of a boost there, which again, further, means that needs to be a strong position because you're going to, it's going to be pulled into that position and we need to be able to control it um, and not worry about that as much. So quick review, cervical rotation, the ability to look to your lead shoulder as far as you can and bring your chin down to your clavicle is what we're looking for. Do a lot of people have that? Not necessarily, but not the end of the world either. Uh, Second thing, we look at thoracic rotation. Can you get to 45 degrees? So if you're sitting still, you put an X in front of your chair. Can you rotate so that you're in line with that X on both sides? Uh, Hip internal rotation. For me, if you can sit down and you can pop your knee out to about 25, 30 degrees, up to 45 degrees, I'm perfectly happy. And then last but not least, shoulder external rotation. Can you get to 90 degrees? Can you get behind your head? Again, in golf posture. um, And then how strong is that? But this is less about strength and more just do you have the mobility to do those four things? Yes. Can your wrists go up and down? That certainly plays a role. Um, however, a lot of people, I mean, DJ has got the super bowed wrist. Some people are completely straight. It's one of those things that you mold with, I think in terms of the golf swing, anything to kind of add on top of that. No, I just think another guy you see with the ton of wrist mobility and a ton of, uh, action at his wrist is Rom, but, like we kind of saw this week, like he's stiffer in other places, right? Is stiffer in his ankles, stiffer in his hips. So he's, he's got to get speed from somewhere else and where his timing is totally dialed in and he's honed this over, you know, how old is he? I don't even know, 25. So he's probably honed it over the last 15 to 20 years. Um, you know, that's, that's an option, but for most people, not not necessary and honestly not limited like in everyone i've tested so far i think one person has had stiff wrists so yeah um, it's usually i'll see it after like some kind of carpal tunnel issue or fracture where they've had like a fractured carpal like a fall and outstretched arm type injury um where sometimes there'll be some stiffness but again it returns 
it comes yep. back to the way it was. So um, that's really the biggest things in terms of what the golfer needs for mobility. Now, the kicker, the most important thing, how do you put this into your training? And this is very misconstrued. And we just talked about this in misconceptions where people are focusing on flexibility, flexibility, holding a static position. So let's talk about the ways to optimize your mobility with your strength training program, which people are going to love this. <laughs> yeah, the way the way I like to work this in is uh, a just in your in your training program, making sure mm -hmm. with everything we're doing, we're moving through full available range of motion. Yep. Right. So we're not putting too much weight on the bar and only doing quarter reps or half reps. We're keeping the weight and the load doable and we're just working on control and smooth movement through what we've got in anything squat bench shoulder rotation at the cable machine yep. um even you know med ball throws and stuff like that we're working right. on good controlled movement through your full available range of motion um and and the other piece i i put in is in people's warm-ups i'll just have them do certain movements i don't love like you'll see them called activation drills i don't love calling them activation drills but were you activating as if it like turns off or something it's not like it's not a light switch people your <laughs> muscles your muscles are always ready they're ready to go some sometimes you go. give them a little nudge and and yeah. you know get them working a little bit but uh you know i'll put people activating in, them no you're not activating anything but you're you're working them so you, you know i'll put depending on what i find when we kind of look at when we test I'll put them in certain positions if I know they like to compensate, you know, they try to move their hip more by kind of side bending and moving their trunk. I'll put them in a position where they can't do that and then force them to use, um, you know, that hip range of motion and, and work on it. Right. So, right. I agree with um, that completely. Yeah. You, you do anything different or? Uh, nope. Sure don't. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a firm believer that if you use, full ranges of motion with most of your workouts. And I'm not saying that's going to be with everything. You know, I'm not asking my 80 year old person to squat to their heels. They can't for the most part, but I am asking them to squat as low as they can. It might be to a chair and I might lower that chair, but I'm doing it to the point where we're actually working on that range of motion. The ankle is always a big conversation of, well, I have to calf stretch, calf stretch, calf stretch. Yeah. So I might grab a bolster or a little ridge pop their toes up on it. They'll hold it for five seconds and then they'll do five calf raises. So not only are we getting the stretch, you're also working that muscle through that full range of motion, which thus means that it's getting stronger at all angles. Same thing with pressing overhead or rotation. If it's thoracic rotation, you know, how far can you go? And it doesn't have to be necessarily loaded. That's one of the things that we get. You know, there's certain things I'm just not loading a ton of. However, if we have stiffness somewhere, I want it to be an active motion. Right. So I very rarely have people static stretch unless they like it. So it's one of the things that, you know, I think some of this gets a bad rap for is people are like, well, you can't static stretch because it's going to make you play terribly and et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's not necessarily the case. Now, am I going to have you static stretch for 30 minutes before you go play golf? Probably not. But if at the end of your you know, treat or the end of your strength training day, the end of your session or the end of your round, if static stretching feels good to you and you feel a little looser when you're done with it, of course do it. I'm, I'm not going to tell you can't do that because it is, if it gives you the feeling that you are looser, that your muscles feel better, do it. I think that's a great thing. I'm not, I'm not going to bastardize flexibility. 
I'm only going to say that I don't want you doing it pre-performance because that has been shown to hinder performance, specifically with other sports. In the game of golf, a couple of minutes of static stretching pre-round really makes no difference as long as you've dynamically warmed up um, in some way. Uh, the golf physiologist, Ellert, did a great job talking about all the warm-up studies on this, which this is something we'll talk about later with him, I believe, is there is awful research in the golf world on performance training. It's it's relatively low. It's almost non-existent. And some of it is absolutely terrible. Um, but important thing being is that if you want to stretch, you can. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to hurt you. We don't want to demonize it completely. It's just not as important as we make it now. It's not number one. It's not the alpha. It's low. X, Y, Z. We want to do that as more of the last things to do just to help us feel better. I don't know if you have anything to tag onto that, but that's, that's kind of a rant. No, that's the first thing when people ask, say, I need to stretch more. The first question I always ask them is, well, do you like stretching? Yeah. If they say yes. I'll say, all right, well then go ahead and do it. You know, does it make you, right. those are the two questions I'll ask. Do you like it? And does it make you feel better? Right. If the answer is no to either of those. I don't, then don't waste your time. But if it's something, you know, some people I know do like a nightly routine where they go through a couple of stretches, it kind of helps them wind down oh, and, yeah. you know, gets the heart rate down, gets you feeling loose and it kind of gets you ready to go to sleep. Cool. Yep. Do it. Or first thing in the morning, I've got plenty of people yeah. that they wake up first thing in the morning. I'm like, Hey, do your three stretches. Oh, I feel so much better when I do that. Cool. That makes you feel better. You know, knock yourself out. I'm not, I'm not upset about that. I don't want you to be addicted to doing that, but in terms of things that you're going to do every morning, that doesn't bother me. I'd prefer that yeah. versus taking three perks every morning. Hundred you know, percent. I'd, I'd avoid the opioids at, at all costs. <laughs> first thing, <laughs> but that's most people. They wake up and three Tylenol later. This is where we're at. I'd rather if you just did a few stretches in the morning, if that makes you feel better. That's no skin off my back. As long as we're doing all the other things in terms of your recovery and getting in the gym, et cetera. Um, so let's just kind of conclude what we just discussed, which is, you know, flexibility is cool. You need to be mobile. You need to have control of your ranges of motion. That is the biggest thing. And by control, it needs to be strong. In order to do that, the best way to get mobile is to mimic those positions in the gym. So squat with as much comfortable depth as you have. Work on things like the hip hinge. Doing a Romanian deadlift, which sounds really scary, but is not, is the best way to get good, strong, flexible hamstrings. That's my best way. Mm -hmm. Some kind of loaded RDL is one of the most beautiful things you can do. Loaded external rotation, loaded internal rotation. You know, Just moving through a range of motion actively is the best way that you're going to improve your mobility for the golf course. You know, we talked about the neck and the you know, thoracic spine and the shoulder and um, the hip. And, you know, you can kind of go back and look at those. If you were to Google any of those, like look up the four rotary centers in golfing, those things are all going to pop up. They're not, they're nothing spectacular. They're nothing groundbreaking. Uh, and they make complete sense. And if you're lacking in any of those, obviously it's going to affect you. Affect affect you <laughs> that's the boston we drop our t's drop Fact. the r's but you also drop the t's at the end <laughs> that sounds like i'm cussing to be honest <laughs> um anything else to to rant about there uh no i mean if you're if you're curious you can google you know for the four rotary centers you can also drop yeah. i know i made a pdf of just three quick uh mobility tests that you can do for your golf swing it's looking at your great. upper back Everyone should looking, go find that 
yeah, it's looking at your uh, hips, your back, and uh, they're quick, they're easy. You can do them, do them yourself. So, I used to be on on uh, a link in my bio on Instagram. It's no longer there. I updated the link. So, if you want it, drop me a DM or a comment on the video here and uh, right here at Travoto dot golf t r i v o t t o dot g o l f. That's it. But check it out. It's that, a very good resource. Sounds good. Yeah, I think that's everything. Biggest thing, you don't need to spend a thousand years stretching or using a Theragun, which we didn't get into today, or massaging yourself for hours. <laughs> yes, you can do that, but use it as a tertiary thing to do. You know, primary, make sure you're strength training through a good full range of motion as best you can. You know, after that, ensure that you're recovering appropriately, you know, that you have enough motion to do your sport. Lastly, you can add in static stretching and the Theragun and massages. If they make you feel better, awesome. We're all about it. We're not saying that you can't do those things. We're just saying that they shouldn't be your primary goal in getting more mobile and improving your golf game. That's it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Boom sauce. As always, click the subscribe button, click the notifications because apparently subscriptions don't mean a whole lot so be sure to follow us we're going to keep coming out with these and hopefully making them better for you guys every week if you have topics you want us to discuss drop them in the comments uh or send us a dm uh just letting us know kind of what you think what's going on um i just gave you tim's instagram but trivoto.golf t-r-i-v-o-t-t-o.golf you can follow me at jackson.anchorforge if you have any questions, if you're looking for some help, if you're like, well, you just told me all this mobility nonsense, but how the hell do I do all this? Because you just blew my brain away or something. <laughs> Whatever it ends up being, uh, just shoot us a message. You know, Be sure to follow us. It's on. We're on Apple officially and Spotify officially. It took some time and some finagling, but we made it work. Um, all bases covered. All bases covered. That's it. Get mobile. Get strong. Hit bombs. That's it. Get on the golf course this weekend. You said yes. you're, getting, you're getting out tomorrow night? Going tomorrow night. Me, Lovely. And, me and the lady are going to go out and enjoy a little little sunset golf, which should be fun. And then hopefully I'll get out again on Saturday or Sunday. And, and it's supposed to be a beautiful weekend. So Beautiful. Tomorrow's going to be a mystery because I played three rounds last week. Two rounds were incredible. I'm talking like absolutely pure the ball high, high level right the third round was not so incredible so this is it, it's going to be a roll of the dice tomorrow we'll see you who go shows from, up. you went from phil at the pga to <laughs> phil at the open that's it that's exactly it i was yeah. like wow i got this game figured out nope no oh just slaps that's you right it. in the face that's it so, toddler all right y'all well, enjoy go get some golf in this weekend as always be strong that's it. We'll catch up with y'all. Peace.